Sports Girl podcast, of course, on sportstalk.e. And Valerie, we are joined by Bundit Denise O'Flaherty. Denise, how are you today? Hi, Valerie, I'm grand. Great, you had a good weekend? It was all sporting, as per usual, so... Uh, for usual. Now, I, it was all sporting for me as well, but on Saturday, I also took a trip to Croker. Now, it wasn't for a sporting event, but it was for uh, Miss Taylor Swift, of course, as she made history by setting out for Park two nights out. She said she was one of um, very little females to make history and play there. Isn't it mad that she even copped on about um, how very few female teams have played in Crow Park, apart from, say, the ladies finals and then you know, they had um, a couple of double headers but um, we should be pushing that more I know yeah especially like it kind of was like a real eye opener that she really well, like obviously she was told it but mm. for her to even say it was a big deal you know to open up people's eyes a bit more to it did she put wear any county jersey no she actually didn't which I was a bit disgusted now Camilla Cabello was on before and she had an Ireland jersey on which was no good to anybody because we're not in any world for wrestling <laughs> Um, no, I was so surprised that she didn't throw on a dog jersey now, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, someone should have done that. Now, that would have been good publicity. Of course it would. O'Neill's would have been delighted with her. We're going to take a look at this week. I suppose we'll start with the football this week. Denise, a busy weekend of action. Uh, we had the intermediate final. We had also the senior final the weekend. We're starting with the intermediate final. Tyrone actually won three in a row up in Ulster. And I tell you, two very high-scoring games up in yeah. Ulster at the weekend. With, yeah, with both games. Jerome um, defeated Down. Now, Down, imagine, a couple of years ago, won the All-Ireland Intermediate. But Jerome won 6.22 to 1.7. So that was uh, some impressive scoring. Tyrone were beaten last year in the final by Tipperary in the All-Ireland final. So I'm sure they'll want to go one better this year and right the wrongs of last year. Emma Brennan, she was a wing-back and she got player of the match. And Maria Canavan scored 1-8 in AM the listen anonymous up there, Canavan. And Chloe McCaffrey scored 2-3. I tell you, they, they set out their stall and they set a marker for other teams that uh, they'll be hard beaten and they'll want to be in Crow Park again come September. Of course, and we mentioned that there were both high-scoring games, but this took my eye now when I spotted this weekend. Donegal 9-21, Armagh 4-8. Denise, that's breathtaking score there. Any game 4-8 would win it, wouldn't it? If you scored 4-8, yeah, 4-8 in a game. Normally, if a team scored 4-8, they would win it. But unfortunately, they didn't. Um, Donegal scored 9-21. That was just absolutely amazing, amazing scoring. Um, just looking at the scores, Yvonne Bonner scored 4-6. I know, which that was is, she, Yeah, she nearly scored what Armad, the whole Armad team scored. And Geraldine McLaughlin scored 3-4. And Donegal now have retained the Ulster title. I've always found that Ulster, in men's and in ladies, always very competitive. You know, Monaghan for a while had dominated. But in the last couple of years, it has been Donegal that has come out of there and been very impressive. They got to the Division 1 final last year, beaten by Cork. Um, they were steady in the league. So um, they're really kind of, you know, they're, they're one of those teams that no one really has looked to. You look at Kerry, Cork, Dublin, Mio, Galway, obviously for an All-Ireland. But Donegal now have thrown their name into the mix with, with a scoreline like that. Of course, there. And I was looking at the full forward line alone scored 8-11, Denise. That is madness altogether. And you know what? The most disappointing thing is there is no no real media frenzy about it all. And if this was in the men's game, I think this would be... Do you know, this would be shouted from the rooftop? Of course it would. 
Um, the only reason why I seen bits on the internet obviously was because of the scoreline, and then certain media outlets will cover the games. But I have to say, one man in particular has been outstanding, and for ladies football, and that's been Jerome Quinn. Jerome goes round and tries to get as many finals as he can and cover games. So if anyone wants to see the goals or highlights of games. Follow Jerome either on Twitter or on Facebook and you'll be able to get scores. Because as you said, if that was in any other game, um, everyone would have it out there. Oh my gosh, like the scoring, the fact that the full forward line scored so much. Obviously, it was an open game of football, which is great to see. I think that's what I love about ladies football. Um, they play football the right way. And um, 9-21, I wonder will any team be able to surpass that scoreline this year? I'm delighted you mentioned Jerome there. As you said, his video content is amazing on Twitter, If as you said, if anyone does want to follow him. But you can see all the goals up for from the weekend, and you're dead right to bring the attention to Jerome. I, don't, I think he's quite forgotten about his post when it comes to these things. But... Yeah, because he really made a name for himself uh, when he had to be... I actually really admired him on the BBC and he was one of a few people that I would have liked covering games and um, he just obviously spotted it you know and it's great to see it's a bit like ourselves with the podcast here covering um, ladies GA in particular he spotted that there was um, something out there there was a market there and um, you'll see him backpack on the back camera in one hand he's got a few people his son I know helps him as well at games and it's fantastic to see um, it helps the ladies football not just in Ireland but around the world we also had some Leinster semi-finals on the weekend Denise did you keep an eye on those ones yeah I did um, Leash and Wicklow will contest the intermediate final that will take place on July the 1st in Dr Cullum Net sorry Netwatch Dr Cullum Park Ian Carlo can't forget to mention the sponsor there um, Leash dropped down to intermediate they were always a, a good team at senior Wexford won division 3 going well but Leash were 5 points down at half time in this game and won by a point in the end 211 to 113 so great excitement there it was all one-sided in the other semi-final. Wicklow defeated Longford 3-13 to four points. I was at that game, you know, just Longford. I don't know what's happening at the moment. Maeve Deeney had a fantastic game from place balls. You also had Laura Hogan, Amy Murphy, Neva Gettigan. And it's great finals to look forward to. Like Wicklow have really come on leaps and bounds. They lost the Division 4 final last year to Longford. But one Division 4 this year are very impressive with elite leaders all over the field. So looking forward to um, that game. And then down in Munster, we had um, Clare won the intermediate uh, title. They beat Limerick 7-15 to 1-3. And uh, the banner led by 3-10 to 1 point at the break. Great, there were Leinster and, uh, of course, Munster. Denise, we're going to take a look at next weekend's action, of course, the TG Car Championship fixtures this weekend. Cork and Kerry in CIT on Saturday. How do you see this one faring out? A lot of people actually were wondering why, even though you would have two different governing bodies, why it wasn't played as part of a triple header in Park Cave. It would have been nice because um, the minors are there. Obviously, the seniors Saturday evening. And the reason the girls, ladies, probably have changed the game is because of the two games in Park Creeve that evening. But it would have been nice for the two for the two um, teams to play out there in, in a very good crowd because no disrespect to the pitch in Park in CIT, but you won't have a big crowd there. And, you know, a provincial final, teams deserve to have a crowd. And Kerry are the reigning champions. They've had a very tough league campaign. They lost the manager were relegated, they were deducted points for fielding um, an unregistered player and Westmead beat them 
um, in the last game to send them down to Division 2. But we know Kerry, you look then at Cork this year, no silverware yet. They were going for six in a row um, in Division 1 league titles, but Mio beat them in the semi-final. And they lost last year to Waterford at the semi-final stages, but um, beat Tipperary. And a lot of people expected Tip to give them a game, but um, they beat Tip in the semi-final of the Munster Championship. Two very evenly balanced sides. And we're going to be looking, obviously, at the full forward line. That's going to be the big thing for Cork and, you know, Orla Finn, people like that, looking towards them. They have a potent full forward line. And it's basically about how Kerry are going to control the potent uh, Cork full forward line. You know, it's a monster final. Um, anything can happen in these. I just think maybe because of the way games have went this year with Cork, they got to a Division One semi-final. You know, probably disappointed because they lost out. They could have had a goal in the last minute only for um, Mio to clear the ball off the line. I think I might give them the nod in this, though. I'm not that great at uh, predicting, so I'm sorry, Cork people, if if it all goes belly up for you at the weekend. But um, I just think Cork was... Um, it's going to be a very tight game and I, I can actually see it a very high scoring game because both their semi-finals were high scoring games. So wouldn't surprise me if this one was another high scoring game as well. Of course, as you said, it's a pity they don't um, they don't get that championship atmosphere maybe on Saturday evening with all the other games. But you're giving this one to Cork and uh, we'll see how they fare out on Saturday evening in CIT. I think that's at 2pm. Yeah. Um, also, there's a double header on Sunday. It is the Connacht finals, of course. Starting with the intermediate, uh, we have Rockcommon and Sligo first, up first. And with um, Leitrim unable to field in the championship, there's only only two intermediate sides in um, Connacht, so they've been waiting ages. I suppose when the fixtures come out, all they could look forward to was the 24th of June mm-hmm. because they'd know their games before that. You know, the league finished in April, so it's it's a long time for those teams. Obviously, they got um, challenge matches, but you know yourself, challenge matches are just like that. They're just a challenge. You don't really get the competitiveness that you would get from championship football. Ross Common have been on the up in recent games, even though Sligo are the reigning champions and they played in Division 2 compared to to Roscommon in Division 3 and that might actually give them a help but um, I saw Roscommon this year in Division 3 and uh, they're strong, very physical and they've got very good forwards and I tell you they will give Sligo um, a game. I think maybe the fact that Sligo played at Division 2 a higher level might just help them in this game but I wouldn't be surprised if Roscommon did spring a surprise as you said, the like, challenges games aren't like much good to anybody because when it comes to championship, it's a total different kettle of fish altogether. Oh, it is. Listen, managers for an awful lot of the time, if players are coming back from injury, that's when they'll get games or they'll try out something different. I know you're meant to do that really in the league and then you the championship, but a lot of the time managers coming up to the championship would do that. or you know, And it's very hard for them to have such a gap because you always want to go from your league then to try and get into championship pace. But if you're going from beginning of April to near the end of June, it's going to be very hard for you to kind of, you know, when do you peak or when do you try and get into that championship um, fitness and level? Because the thing about it is, whoever loses this game then you've got a backdoor system and then they, those, those games will come thick and fast you'll see the fixtures then coming through more frequent so um i'm i'm hope i'm sure now this will be a, a good game of football and um both sides will be probably delighted they probably can't wait to take to the field in mikhail park on sunday afternoon of course it's going to be a great occasion there and i suppose the 
big game of the day of Galway and Mayo. There's a lot of going to be a lot of talk around this now. We brought it to our attention last week of uh, Corner returning. Will she start? Won't she start? This is going to be a yeah. game on Sunday. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, Galway and Mayo in a conic final always kind of, you know, people's, it always draws your attention to it. There's always very good games like Galway beat Mayo last year in the final. But you're now looking at, will she, won't she? Cora obviously will be included in the panel, but will she start? And if not, she definitely will play some part in this game. Isn't it just amazing that, you know, her 23rd championship season, she's looking forward to. She just, I feel so lazy, you know, when I think of what Cora's what what Staunton has played. Listen, these two teams, Galway actually surprised a lot of people this year. Probably not themselves, but they got to the Division 1 League semi-final and were very unlucky. Dublin got a last-minute goal to win that game, you know, so agonisingly near for um, Galway. Then, obviously, Mio, they defeated Cork in their semi-final. I was at that game, an absolutely cracking game of football, actually football. That's what, as I said before, I love ladies football because it is played like football should be. I'm one of those football purists. I like football to be played the way it should be. Um, Mio were very good that day. You know, um, the two Kellys had a great game. You have Sarah Rowe. You have a couple of very good Mio players. They got to the final. Uh, Dublin just wanted the game more. And as a, a friend of mine said to me from Mio, I think Peter Lee is looking more towards the championship than the league. Yes, it would have been nice for Mio to win a league title. But for Peter, it was always this game against Galway um, on June the 24th. And it's it's a huge game for both sides. You know, no matter what the result, whoever loses, they'll still be in a backdoor system. But you like to kind of go through the front door and you'd like to get it that way. You know, Galway football, I have to say, has been really on the high um, and just in the last number of years with their with their underage teams coming through. And it's, it only augurs well for the future of Galway. We all last weekend won an under-14 B title. So Connacht football is definitely on the up. Galway would probably be slight favourites for this, but I just I just think, you know, Mio have played really impressive football this year. Also having having Cora back, we don't know obviously what will happen. Will she start or won't she start? But you know, imagine having a player like that that if things are going wrong, a game changer like Cora Staunton coming on and uh, changing things for you. And I give Mio a slight edge on this game. You're giving it to Mio go? Yeah, and I just mentioned um, Meowen in the under-14 Ladies B, and I just have to mention uh, Cavan won the under-14A the defeat of Dublin in a very good game of football. Um, an old school teacher of mine, Mick Flynn, Cavan tweeted the other day, he's the most successful Cavan manager. He won many's in Ireland with Canuckwara in Granard, and he's doing it with the ladies. He's been involved with the Reto. You know, you mentioned Brian Cody, but Brian Cody has, has nothing on this man. So, and I have to say that um, from listening to the game, I was working, so I wasn't able to get to it. But it seemed to be a great game of football. They always say you had to be gracious in defeat as well as in victory. And Dublin were so gracious in, in, in defeat, sending out a, a lovely message to Cavan um, after the final whistle. So that's what we like to see in sport is um, good sportsmanship. Of course. And uh, there's something about the Connacht uh, ladies football final I always find intriguing and exciting. I think it's the fact that the whole Mayo situation and I don't know, I just really get excited when it comes to that championship. But speaking of, um, <clears throat> speaking with the football and sticking with maybe the Ulster Championship weekend, um, I want to chat about a tweet that maybe had been sent out the weekend on Twitter. I 
probably seen at least this stage. Yeah. On Twitter, we had um, Elaine Buckley. She is um, she's a great advocate for ladies in sport as well. She was on the podcast and she's loads of, I suppose, toys with ladies football. She gives a great promotion and the community as well. So she'd up on her Twitter, a solid five minutes spent trying to find, um, she tagged her own team sheet. Yesterday's Ultras Daily Intermediate Final Online, to no avail, County Prevention Board, tweak your team sheet, even a photo of the programme does the job, all right? So she was obviously a bit stressed out looking for the team, as we all are, we've all been there, we all know what it's like, we can't find the team. And then Ulster Ladies uh, Gaelic Football Twitter account responded, going, sure, if you spend less time complaining and just ask for it, it be a lot there with an attachment of the team sheet. What do you make of this, Denise? When you're in PR, you know, you have to bite your tongue. You know, even if it's not your fault, even if the team she was around and she missed it or something like that, you have to say, apologies, here it is. That, you know, that would have, you know, cleared up everything because then I'm sure Elaine would have said, oh, thank you very much. You know, I would have said, listen, sorry, it wasn't put up. But to kind of, it's, my mother always says, it's not what you say, it's the way that you say it. And you could just get from that. It was kind of a, a, a snide way of doing it. But Elaine is right to try and get, an, you know, even if you're trying to do research for games, it is extremely hard sometimes, especially in no disrespect now. And I have to say the ladies are being brilliant now with the way they're doing things and sending our press releases and different things like that. But sometimes it's extremely hard to try and get information. And I know myself that if I'm covering a game, we will always take a photograph of so easy to take a photograph of the team sheet. But if you don't have a team sheet, you would think for finals, whatever about first round games, you kind of, you bypass that. But for finals, that someone would actually have put up the two teams. I know myself trying to even find information on the games of the weekend. It was extremely hard. Now I covered the failure the week before last and I was unable to get to some of the finals on the Sunday. And to try and get information or on that, I know only a few people are covering it, but if you're going to do something, if you're going to highlight the fact that this thing is on and keep it, keep an eye on, then surely you should have someone there, base or, or somewhere else, you know, and tweeting up scores and just putting in scores. You don't even have to put in full-time or don't even have to put in updates, just put in a half-time and a full-time. It's just simple like that. It's just the the things that make life easier for, for, for journalists like ourselves. Of course. Now, I do, I cannot find the tweet since because it has been removed. I was the same. I, I kind of, I checked it myself now. I looked into tweets and replies and... Yeah. um the majority of people, you know, one person was kind of saying, you know, it was kind of your job to look and you should have been at the game. But Elaine, probably like myself or yourself, we can't get to all the games. You know, I would have loved to have went to the Camogie the week before last. Unfortunately, I was stuck in Crow Park. You kind of have to go where your your main job sends you to. And I would love to cover as many games as that. And that's probably what Elaine wanted to do was kind of get it out there, you know, Tyrone won three in a row. Here's the team that done it. You know, she could have been just looking for that. But unfortunately, it wasn't there. And as I said, it wasn't just, you know, the fact that it wasn't there. It was just a smart remark. And then uh, looking at some of the replies, I think the, the, the same Twitter account had a smart report to, reply to someone else as well. You know, when you're in PR, you just don't do that. Yeah, I think it might be a lesson learned for them as well. I think maybe they got a slap in the wrist, I suppose, because it Let's hope it was for the moment, but if there has been other events or other tweets that they've sent out, you know, that's not fair either. As you said, 
Elaine was only trying to do her job. And as you said as well, Denise, we can't get to everything. And we would like to give everyone the coverage they deserve, even if it is a, if, even if it is a result of fixtures online in an article. You know, we can't make everything. So um, I don't I don't think um, Elaine will be criticised for that at all. I think she was dead right, you know, and I think the response was a bit, um, a bit harsh. Yeah, exactly. She was only trying to do her job. Of course, of course. And uh, let's hope we won't be getting more um, re- responses like that throughout the summer now as we all try to cover these games. We'll, we, we, we'll tweet with a smile on our face. Oh, God. <laughs> of course, that's it. Um, I'm going to take a look at the Camogie Championship last weekend as well, just giving you a few results and maybe a bit of a rundown on how they went down the weekend on um, the Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Senior Championship. It was Group 1, Limerick 8, Clare 8. It was in 6 Mile Bridge on Saturday evening. Clare led 7-4 going in at halftime, only getting one point in the second half. Now, Eve Mulcahy got two frees towards the end to get the draw. I think Clare would be very disappointed to only get one point in the second half. Now, I do think both teams would be happy to get the draw because they both went in with losses in the first round of the championship. But only one point in the second half for Clare might be a bit worrying for their next day out. Uh, the main talking point in the game would have been the referee, Andrew Larkin. I think he's a Cork man. Well, man himself. A lot of unhappy people with him being really inconsistent to both sides. And it wasn't just in favour of one. Now, I know a lot of people were going out about him. And I know we hate to blame the ref for these situations, but... It's just, I suppose, when the ref doesn't make a good go at a game, it can ruin it, especially with scores like that. 8 8 is exactly an exciting game either. Uh, Clare now have one month break before they travel to Kilkenny on, um, I think it's July 14th, and they will finish the group stage a week later with a home game against Longford. Uh Limerick, their remaining games are away to Galway, and they will also play at Watford as well. So the weekend as well, Galway 4-12 to Watford 8 points. It was um, a runaway for Galway. It was basically over at half time. Watford Burns sent off. It was already quite over at that stage. Uh, Galway way better than Watford. Now they're facing the next. Galway looking extremely well, I might say, um, but uh, you still can't write off Kilkenny, who um, had the weekend off. In other um, games the weekend, it was Cork 5-18, Carlo 6 points. That was the Intermediate Championship, Liberty Insurance. Also in the Intermediate Championship, down 18, Derry 115. Um, in Group 2 of the Intermediate Championship, Galway 3-11, Tiberary 2-14, Kilkenny 3-14, Antrim 6 points. Um, also Westmead 6-13, Kildare's 2 points. High scoring as well for the game. I was actually noting that, you know, compared to maybe the Galway game in the senior where they scored 4-12, in the intermediate, some absolutely high-scoring games, but also some very one-sided games as well. Yeah, that's, as you mentioned there, the one-sided thing, I I would be quite worried for teams when it's, when it's completely one-sided. You'd wonder, where do they go next? Like, how do you regroup from that, getting such a low score? You getting so, I suppose low scoring game and game getting all the scores like what's what's next for these teams? How do group how do teams regroup Denise from such a, a score like that? Yeah, that's exactly it. Now I suppose you're kinda of looking at Cork to have that pedigree to defeat Carlo, but um Westmead, like six thirteen, I have to say they've made um fantastic strides um in Westmead with Kamogi and Hurling at the moment, you know, that game is just absolutely growing and growing down in the Lake County. Six thirteen, um I know Kildare only scored 
Kildare scored two five. It was four eight in the difference between the two sides. So um, that's a huge margin of victory. Of course it is, and there's plenty more action this weekend for the Camogie, not only the football. In the Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Championship, in the Senior Group 2, we've Offaly and Mead, back in St. Brendan's Park at 5pm. And of course, we've Wexford and Tipperary in Innovate Wexford Park at 5pm also. In Intermediate Group 1, we've Carlo and Down in Fina, uh, I think it is, at 5pm. And also Cork and Leash in Cork as well. And on Sunday, we have a big game on Sunday. It's the Senior Group 2 and Cork and Dublin and Park during at 2.30. That's also be a cracker of game. Um, so that's this weekend's fixtures for the Camogie. And of course, Luhad is taking a look at last weekend's games. Perhaps we'll just have a look at this week, Denise. We've chatted about the, the tweet. We've had a look at the football. And uh, we'll take a look at um, maybe just the hurling for a moment. And we're going to give a mention to Waterford hurling manager Derek Mugga, of course. He has uh, finally stepped down as station manager after five years. Um, I suppose Waterford, they were injury plagued um, this year and they bowed out of the championship earlier last year, making it to a senior hurling final. And of course, this year did going their way and being knocked out in second by the June, which is amazing. I suppose we still can't get over Tipperary gone and Waterford as well. Just take a moment, Derek McGrath. Yeah, you know, last year that Ireland final was a final that, you know, for the majority of neutral people, you didn't care who won it. Because Galway were playing absolutely fantastic. And then with the Tony Tony Keady thing and then Waterford, it was so long since they won in All-Ireland and kind of, you know, your heart was kind of maybe going a little bit more to Waterford. But um, Derek McGrath, you know, it's sad to see McGrath leaving, you know, after the, the year that they've had had his full squad and you know how things would have been I suppose we're always going to look back to uh, this year and the fact that that squad was decimated with injuries but also that um, decision against Tipperary and I was just reading today that in an interview with his local radio station WLR he actually condemned um, Alan Kelly's umpire's decision on that day to allow the Tipperary goal even though I have to say Derek was so gracious after the game and and um, he just I say finally decided then that um, you know now I have the chance and, and I will come out and say it but um, just looking at the players response on Twitter last night what a manager you know you look at managers and you know how they deal with ourselves in the media and um, that's the first thing but then you also have to see what players have to say about them and I know and I'm sure you know yourself that there's managers down to years and players have said things to you about, about about the manager and you know and players now kind of with the social media have come out and criticised managers decisions or um, county board decisions but things that were said about um, Derek Murrah absolutely unreal um, I read somewhere that seemingly he had a gathering in his house last night with the Waterford players doesn't that just show you what the man is and I think his his statements that he came out um, I had a meeting last night and, and I read it when I came home and I was like that just sums up Derek McGrath that 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 I statement I got not that I'm I'm not really an emotionally soft person but mm. I think he's as you said his statements really struck like uh, pulled on the heartstrings last night especially this line he said this team will be forever ingrained in my heart and like something like that I was like wow like you know he's had five years he's no silverware brought them on much as you mentioned, the players have had nothing but respect for him. Every single one of them, please send a beautiful tweet up on him last night. The media, I must say, myself, I've dealt with Derek on many occasions. I've dealt with him last year in the All Ireland final when they lost, and 
he's been nothing but gracious uncle and I've the utmost respect for him. I'm really sad to see the choice was. But as you said, just take a look around online today and look at the respect that man has been shown. It's pretty amazing. We don't get that often nowadays, as you said, because there are the keyboard warriors and people do, are not afraid to speak up anymore. And you are right. He did have a gathering last night. Um, I saw a few Instagram stories. They were singing karaoke. <laughs> they looked like they were having a right hoolie. But, you know, for a manager to be like, right, I'm going to resign. Let's all have a big party in my house tonight. Who does that with their team? Derek McGrath. That that that's it. Doesn't it just show you? You know the the man that we have seen and the man that dealt with. Um, that just sums him up there by having that. But uh, you got emotional. I don't want to say it. I got emotional. We're meant to be tough girls, yeah. you know. But but we have to. It it did pull at the heartstrings because um I started reading some of it um at my meeting and I was like no no I have to do it when I go home and I was like oh my gosh that is just that is just beautiful. Actually, yeah. that's just one word to describe. It was just beautiful. I know, and uh, another part of it, I suppose, was another thing he said, is Waterford is a special county with special people, people defined by their resilience, their authenticity, their creativity. I thank Waterford people for recognising these traits within this team and uniting behind them over the last five years. I don't think I've ever seen a manager come out and with so much pride and passion for the game and to say something as deep as that in his statement. But does that just show you what Waterford meant to him? You know, it wasn't just um, Derek McGrath was was managing a team. He was probably managing a, a, a group of lads that he became so close to and they became so close to him. You know, and um, at the weekend, when you look at um, Brick Walsh, made his um, championship debut, imagine like back in 2003. And then on Sunday, he lined out for um, his 74th time in a Dacia jersey, absolutely unreal, you know, kind of the last few days it was about Brick and then unfortunately now it's it's about uh, Derek stepping down, two Waterford stories, two guys that have given so much to Waterford hurling. Of course, and I think Derek will be missed, I, I always will, I don't think I'll ever forget the picture, um, this is just one last note on Derek, as you said, it's very sad to see him go, but the picture I think that will stick in all our minds is him and Dan Shannon last year, to Dan, yeah, yeah. and just the emotion in both their face. He was just gutted to have lost. But as I said, he came into that media room afterwards and he was just nothing but respect for Galway. And that just shows what kind of a man he was. And he was great passionate. He dealt with the media well, but would he like to kind of be out there as the face of the media? But um, you always say about um, good guys finish last, and unfortunately Derek never got his All Ireland, and it's a bit like poor old Brick Walsh as well, doing so well with um, Waterford. And um, will he maybe next year? You know, will he get a chance of winning that All Ireland with his county? Of course, it'll be interesting, and we hope Brick stays on for another year because he's, he's I'd say he's another year in him, if not two. Isn't it amazing, though, um, nowadays, with so much pressure that's put on, you know, footballers, on hurlers, on camogie players, ladies footballers, you know, games have really changed the pace of games and the amount of games as well, how people can keep doing it, you know, year after year. Because if you're a top inter-county star 
are playing league for their club, playing league for the county championship. It's nearly a, a whole year, and they're doing it all for. And that's what probably makes our our GA the game so special is they're doing it all for the love of a jersey. But how you know, like when you think of Brick, and I'm sure there's so many changes over the last number of years. How he's able to do it year in year out, and actually be the player that he is. He's actually a warrior and uh, and a real leader on the pitch for Waterford. Of course, and that was taking a look at uh, Gareth McGrath's resignation during the week. Uh, we have a lot of games to look forward to this weekend. We've uh, the TG Carr Ladies Football Championships, of course. We have a doubleheader on Sunday. We have a game on Saturday. We also have the Camogie Championship, which we will also review these games next week, next Tuesday on the podcast as well. Um, that is it from us this week. Um, I'm joined. I'm Valerie Wheeler. I'm joined by Denise O'Flaherty. Denise, thanks for the in-depth knowledge of the games this weekend. Oh, no problem, Valerie. You know, uh, for t- for two ladies, we um we don't really like to talk, do we? <laughs> Price, I don't think you can shut us up, Denise. That's the problem. <laughs> you nearly have someone here telling us, wrap it up, wrap it up. But you look, it's all for the love of the game. That's exactly it.